Hello and welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, and culture. While drinking a few brews. Though we don't often use strong language, the jokes and the content is not intended for young audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Before we begin the episode, we have to give a huge shout out to the Dangits from Madison, Wisconsin for providing us with great bluegrass intro you hear at the beginning of every episode. The song Razzle was written by Jamie Lampkins, but is performed by on behalf of Tom Wasselchuk and the Dangits. If you have a chance, check these guys out at dang-its.com for upcoming shows, music, or on how to book them for weddings, parties, and etc. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, everyone. This is officially our 10th episode. Woo. And what a great episode it is. We are going to be discussing how Madison became the capital of Wisconsin. We have great music from Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. We have an interview with Third Space Brewery, a local business shout out, and of course, we have another beer review. So, just want to... Uh, give you a little heads up on our sources for this episode. Uh, the first one being the Wisconsin Historical Society. Like in many of our other episodes, we, uh, we run to them and use them quite a bit. They are very knowledgeable. Uh, and the other one being WPR, who put out a wonderful recording uh, on this matter with uh, historian Bethany Brander. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get this main story kicked off. So many of you know that Madison is the capital of Wisconsin. Common sense. But I am sure not many of you know how that this was played out. Um, And the story of Madison becoming the state capital is actually a pretty fascinating one. Um, If you've never been to Madison, I recommend checking it out. They have a ton of breweries, including One Barrel, Carbon 4, Vintage, Great Dane, Alsalem, and Capital Brewery, just to name a few. Um, it's a city where I went to school for part-time at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. They have pretty much every kind of restaurant you can think of for your dietary restrictions. They have vegan, you know, I I have no dietary restrictions. I eat, I'm a garbage can. Yeah, they're extremely friendly in terms of uh, all different types of walks and cultures. It's amazing. Yeah, even they have restaurants for different ethnicities too, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Um, if you don't know, the uh, film set for uh, Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield, Don- Rodney Dangerfield was filmed here. <laughs> Rodney Dongerfeld. And it's actually known for having great fishing uh, because of the surrounding lakes, Mendota, Minona, Wabasa, Kanganza. And before civilization, when it was still the Indian settlement, is actually called Takopura by the Ho-Chunk tribe, which means the land of four lakes. Wow, I didn't even know that. So if you didn't know, the first capital wasn't actually in Madison. It was actually located in the southwest corner of Wisconsin in a town called Belmont, Wisconsin. And this is where the legislation was taking place in the state before Madison. Um, It was founded in 1835 by land speculator John Atchison. And before the meeting and the building was constructed, the actual first legislation was held in Burlington, Iowa, while the construction of the building was being completed. And the site still exists and is currently ran by the Historical Society in Wisconsin, and I recommend checking it out. When you see the building, it does not look like a capital. It actually looks like an old-time general store. 
and you would never recognize it if you saw it, but I recommend checking it out. It's a really cool place to tour. And the town Belmont, the name comes from a French word meaning beautiful mountain, which is a reference to the three hills located in the area, which they're not mountains, but <laughs> it's close, <laughs> close enough. Um, and today's population, it actually pales in comparison to Madison, which I believe Madison is around 250,000 without the students there and around 500,000 when you have a full campus. Right. And it's, it, you know, obviously it pales in comparison, but the town of Belmont in 1823, um, territorial lawmakers had been making proposals on where to locate the state capital because they knew Belmont was going to be too small of an area. It wasn't ideal for the location, like being a central location in the state. So they came up with about 16 cities, including Green Bay, Milwaukee, Mineral Point, and even included cities that don't exist today, like Wisconsinopolis and Wisconsin City. Wisconsinopolis? Yeah. You're so telling they, me that that was a real thing. They considered that a possibility, like a Monopoly game. I mean, it's... It also sounds like, what, wasn't Superman from... Or he was in Metropolis. Metropolis. On it, Earth. I always think of that, like, 1930s uh, really crappy film. that It's like a... It's not crappy, but it's like robots and stuff called Metropolis. It's like a German movie. I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> it's it. It's a really bad quality. Yeah. It, I mean, it's cool for its time period, but if you watch it now, you'd be like, oh, oh okay. It's like that movie Obey with uh, Roddy Roddy Piper. Row, <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper, excuse yeah. me. So one land specular and territorial lawmaker named James Dwayne Doty passed through the Four Lakes area, Madison, as we know it, and purchased a bunch of land. And which is now downtown Madison or the Isthmus, the Isthmus location we all know and love today. James, along with a few of his partners, created a company and had survey. They had surveyors map out the location, and he brought them along to the meeting in the Belmont area. On this map, he detailed an imp- impressive city that had yet to exist. He like drew it really nice, and honestly, the guy's a bit greasy to buy land and propose the idea. But also, I mean. It's a smart business decision, honestly, in my opinion. I mean, it was still a developing state. I mean, so as you're going to find out, Doty was kind of a greasy salesman. Um, to to live up to this nature, when Doty arrived in Belmont, he came bearing gifts. In this case, he brought them buffalo robes, and he talked up his paper city called Madison, Wisconsin, which a surveyor draw, draw, had drawn up. And I mean, this is before the four P's of marketing. And this guy already was nailing all of them all in one. He has like the placement, the product, the promotion. He got the, the, the whole deal going on here. Nice. He named the city Madison, Wisconsin after the recently departed fourth president of the United States, James Madison. He laid out the city similar to how Washington, D.C. was from a central location branching outward and named all the surrounding streets after the signers of the Declaration of Independence. So as I said before, he's a bit shady in his dealings and, you know, it was just kind of benefiting the other Belmont lawmakers. He offered them real estate, like all the lawmakers could have real estate in Madison to have their base of operation. And obviously he owned all the land, so it was easy for him to distribute to them, which was another benefit for those people to move in. And obviously swayed everyone in this meeting. And in 1837, settlers began arriving in the area and began construction on the second Capitol building. Now, the second Capitol building was constructed in 1837 in Madison, located on the site of the current building and was rough cut from stone from Maple Bluff and oak that was all cut naturally. For the time period, it costed roughly $6,000 to build, but due to the growing government in Wisconsin, a larger construction was needed. The third building was constructed. This one replaced the government 
It was a replica of the government structures and had a dome. It was built between 1857 and 1869, and it was expanded larger in 1882. Due to the size of the state, it continued to grow at a rapid pace, and in 1903, plans into another replacement began. In 1904, a large fire happened which demolished the, almost the entire building except the north wing of the structure. And it seems really sketchy that it happened right before they were going to build the new capital, but really, here's what happened. So it sounds very suspicious, but it, was, it occurred five weeks after the state had voted to cancel out the fire insurance policy on the building, which was a massive blow to Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sounds like... That couldn't have been worse timing. I know, right. It's, it's completely the worst timing. So now we have the current building, which is standing today, and was planned and started construction in 1906 and was completed in 19, 1917 at a cost of $7.25 million. Which, I mean, today would be astronomical i mean 50 million <laughs> i mean if you see the construction it has i mean it's it's amazing it's big and it's and it's uh whatever the stone material is it's amazing and you know i like i said before it, it took a while to build and in the the fire you know the fire that happened is what caused them they had to build it in small sections it couldn't be built all at once so they would do one wing one small portion at a time the architect was george b post and son from new york um, which financed all the construction one wing at a time, like I said. And the building was constructed of 43 different types of stones from six countries around the world and eight states in the United States. In 2001, it became a national historic landmark and is a must-see for anyone in the Madison area. It's actually free. I don't know due to COVID if you're allowed to go in the building or not right now. I have not been up there, but it's really neat. Um, there are statues in the yard, and one of the most famous ones that was just recently toppled is the Ford by Gene P. Minor, and it's a huge blow to historians. I mean, it, it's really sad to see that one go because obviously it has nothing to do with like the current issues going on in the world. It actually is just forward. Like we're moving our state forward as always, and making new laws. Right. To, you know, state motto and just yeah. And I'm not going to get in on that. I, I don't want to. I don't want to touch on that. We're not a political or you no. know or even any kind of activism podcast at all. And, you know, if you're in the area, I recommend checking out the Wisconsin Historical Museum, which is right off the square. You can you can go in there. It's technically free and is donation based only. And for any lover of history and museums, it's a must see. And uh, that's going to conclude our story today. And now on to our music segment. So today on the music segment, we were lucky enough to get the OK from Adam Gruel of Horseshoes and Hand Grenades to be able to feature one of their songs. And as far as bluegrass goes, these guys are the Wisconsin legends. Me and my co-host are both huge fans of their music. I've seen them both five or six times in some legendary shows. One was alive at King Street, and Eric, you were actually there with me. I absolutely loved that. The, um, the, the, the vendors that are down there at King Street during the whole process, super awesome. The, uh, some of the bars right there are, are in participation with the whole thing as well. Uh, and then what's the uh, what's the theater that's right there? Oh, it's presented right? by them. Uh, it's right on King Street. But is, it, is that majestic? I, yeah, think, I think it's majestic, majestic theater. Yep. So the whole the whole operation is is sponsored and put on by Majestic for the Live on King Street um, series. They do it all summer. Different bands that uh, will will come and do that. But uh, in this particular one, Russ and I had a pretty notable story of uh, trying to go in. We had kids with us, and we yeah, were trying yeah. to just get soda. And apparently it's, like, illegal to bring soda on the streets of Madison uh, because they nobody offers, like, plastic cups. They're all in glass. 
So we're trying to just get some, you know, cans of Sprite or something. So we're going in and out of every single bar. Well, we went into one particular bar that happens to be like a kink bar. And the guy who greeted us was wearing what I can only describe as leather uh, suspenders. And that was it. Yeah, you know, like the the old WWF. I think their names are like Mosh or whatever. It was yeah. like literally a getup like that. Mosh like, and Animal. Yeah, they're like cross leather with like studs in it. Yeah, it, it was, was weird. It was pretty wild. I loved it. I actually, I mean, I don't care about that stuff. It was just like interesting because we didn't know what we were getting into. No, and, and we had we had been into about you know two or three uh, establishments before that, and then we walked into that one, and we sort of are. I mean, it was still bright outside, so when we walked in, all of a sudden our eyes like adjusted to the room and then we noticed what he was wearing. We were just like, Hey, can we get Sprite to go, to go outside? He's like, I'll give you a spanking. (laughs) He said something weird like that. It was really funny though. I, I, yeah, I'd like to go back there. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's, if you don't know, it's a free concert series. It's actually held on King street in Madison. And uh, it's one of those things to do. If you're like on a low budget, you know, you can just go down there Ian's Pizza is usually giving away free pizza, which is nice. So they they have free pizza. The only thing that's a little bit uh, of, of, I guess, it's a a downside to the whole operation is the parking. Sometimes you're parking a a pretty decent distance away and then having to walk, especially if you have... uh, uh, kids or you know any any you know small children in your family or anything like that but it doesn't take away from the fact that once you're there on king street there is uh plenty to do it's completely family friendly so yeah i've seen some pretty good ones i've seen dark star orchestra for grateful dead fans yeah i've seen uh pete bjorn and john which i love holy crap yeah. i didn't even know they played that yeah it was great we were actually you know funny stories we were sitting in the great dane and all of a sudden i heard you know the young uh, folks yep yep the, the little whistle came on. I'm like, oh, my God, no way. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, I'm done eating. I, I, like, wrapped up my meal, and we headed over there, and yeah. it was, like, a really good show. You I threw mean, your plate behind the bar and said, yeah. I'm out. Out. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in the last show that I remember them that really stands out to me was at Central Waters, and I believe it was for the Maple Stout release. And the Maple Barrel Stout is actually from our going to be in our local business shout from B&E Trees, who actually make the maple – they use the maple bourbon barrels – in the brewery and have the beer aged in it oh wow that's awesome yeah and the show was really good and this song specifically is probably my favorite song that they have i always find myself singing it you know when i'm outside watering chickens or watering your apple trees and uh, without further ado here's wisconsin waters by horseshoes and hand grenades Cold rain and snow 
comes across my body and turns dark as the cold. My body, it turns dark as the cold. 
All right, everyone. Again, that was the great Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, Wisconsin Waters. You have to check the rest of their stuff out. It's it's phenomenal. It's easy listening. I mean, it's not going to be something that, you know, completely makes you uh, emotional and drains you. It's just really fun music, really easy listening, easy on the ears, easy on the mind, honestly. Uh, you can get lost in it. And like me and Eric, I mean, Wisconsin runs through these guys' veins. I mean, we're we're Wisconsinites through and through, you know. Yeah. Hardy and, people, the winter runs through us, right. you know, the same. We can relate to a lot of the things that they mention in that song and other songs as well. So, in fact, I think there was, uh, in that uh, Live on King Street show, they had a guy on stage that was using a real washboard. Uh, just really cool. I, I, I just absolutely, I love the musicianship. It's just phenomenal. So, Check the rest of their stuff out. Uh, they're on YouTube all over the place. Go to their website first because then you can get a lot of their stuff straight from there. Uh, give them traffic on that as well. So uh, now we have our local business shout out. So again, as we've mentioned a couple times throughout this show, uh, these are you know really close personal friends. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll let Russ kind of give you a little bit more info here. Yeah, so today is B&E Trees. And uh, they make a maple syrup that's bourbon barrel aged. And uh, I was lucky enough to get to see him again. My, my friend Chris got me started on this stuff. And uh, I was at the Garden Expo and I got to see Brie and actually taste some of the new stuff they had, which was great. But B&D stands for uh, Brie and Eric, thus the name B&D Trees. And uh, yeah, if, if you get a chance to try it, it's superbly crafted. Like it's it's literally like the crack of maple syrup. I mean, I, I I have trouble going back to the artificial stuff anymore because it's like that good. Right, and and it almost tastes the 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 stuff that you buy on the shelf tastes a little watered down in comparison. Because if you haven't had natural like if you haven't had natural honey or natural uh, maple uh, maple syrup rather, you're not getting the full flavor of it. You're getting what's known as like a boiled down processed version of it. Yeah, and they're located in Viroco, Wisconsin. And uh, they're actually featured in the Central Waters Maple Barrel Stout, which if you can get that beer, get it. It's great. It's fantastic. It's a limited release usually. Yeah, and they do it a, a, a once once a year, right? Yep, about once a year. I know they and have a lot And it's only available for a small window of time, and whatever they make is whatever they make. So. Yeah, and they age it for so long, so it's only a certain amount. Right. So when you get a chance to try it, definitely try it. They were also featured on one of my favorite PBS shows of all time. Um, have you ever seen Wisconsin Foodie? Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. Um, I have, but that, I mean, I, I, I clearly don't like it as much as you do. And so this year, too, they all, they usually have an open house where you can actually do some like taste testing and see their farm and everything. Yeah. Obviously, with the COVID, I think it was canceled. They had like a, a right. virtual thing this year instead of the standard. Which is great. I mean, I, I just to, to have a side note. I really love all of the things that people are are finding as alternatives and being creative to allow people to still engage, uh, you know, in, in certain businesses or certain festivities that clearly can't be held uh, because they are such a draw to huge crowds and that's not safe right now. But I love everybody's creativity in, in creating these alternate events that are more digital based in order to stay interactive with uh, everybody who wants to, to you know, be there in person, but can't. So I worked at a large facility and the first time I tried this, so one of my coworkers, Chris, 
he has this maple syrup and he puts it on a spoon. I'm like, what? What is this guy doing? Is this like cough syrup or something? He's like, you got to try this. Yeah, I'm like, have a little bit of this tasty medicine. Is that cough syrup? I don't want to go down this afternoon. You know, he's like, no, no, just just try it. <laughs> so, I don't want to go night night. Yeah, I don't want to go to sleep at my desk. So I I just taste it. I'm like, oh my god, what is this? You yeah. know. He's like, this is maple syrup, but aged in a bourbon barrel. I'm like, this is amazing. Well, and it's funny, too. I mean, if you've ever had uh, a real craft cocktail, I don't mean, you know, going to, you know, a local restaurant and just asking for, uh, you know, a, a whiskey old fashioned or something like that, or, you know, a brandy old fashioned. I mean, when they physically will char a piece of wood and then stick the glass over it to get that smoky, real smoke flavor. And then they'll pour all the the rest of the ingredients in, muddle some, you know, some really great flavors in. This is what it reminds me of. It's when somebody really takes the uh, the opportunity and the time to craft uh, a, a one of a kind quality product. Yeah, it's it's made in Wisconsin, you know, with love. And uh, yeah, they're they're both amazing people. So please go and check out their website. You can order it off their website page. Like them on social media. Check out their website. If they have it in some local stores around here, mm-hmm. and again, they are called B and E's Trees. And now for another beer review segment. Today we have been enjoying Happy Place, which is a Midwest Pale Ale brewed by Third Space Brewing. Uh, this is a 5.3% ABV Midwest Pale Ale. It is phenomenal. I believe it's brewed right here in Milwaukee. So right off the top, you definitely get some, some citrusy stuff again. Yeah. It's, it's definitely got the, uh, the bitter, the bitterness to it really good. It's, you know, it's a, it's definitely well crafted, uh, has a little bit of tropical fruit. Um, seems really balanced, like well balanced, pretty good beer. Um, yeah, and if you haven't had a chance to check this place out, they're actually located in here in Milwaukee on a St. Paul Avenue. Yeah. And uh, I know a story with Third Space is uh, my girlfriend really likes yoga, so we went there for the yoga studio. Yeah. I'm not very flexible, but I try my best, you know? And, I, like, you usually get beer after you're done doing it, so all I do is just look forward to that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get bent over every once in a while, so yoga's pretty cool. <laughs> the... Uh, the other really neat thing is right on the can, it has a little bit of an explanation here. You have your home, you have your work, but everyone needs a third space. We brew quality handcrafted beer for you to enjoy in yours. Yeah, it's really tasty. This one's like a all year round beer. Um, it's really good. Um, yeah, I'm getting some other like just really like, like a like nice bitter note, but it has like, it's not too dry where it's like non-drinkable. Right, right. It's, it's and really it's, good. And you're right. It does. It brings a lot more bitterness, like more like a an, like a typical IPA. And it and it has more of a back of of citrus. It, once once it's in your mouth and you've swallowed it, and then on the back of the tongue, you're almost getting like a grapefruit, um, and maybe even like sourness or something from like. I don't know, like a lemon or something, but you know, it, it finishes off really well. I love that, which is uh, something that I look forward to uh, in most beers that we review is how does it finish? You know, that, that first flavor is, uh, is really good. Like you said, it really hits forward with bitter, but then it finishes with that more citrusy kind of uh, notes. And uh, I, I think my first introduction to this particular beer 
was at Miller Park a few years ago. They started introducing a lot more uh, of the craft brew selections and really embracing the fact that Milwaukee is home to just a mountain of new craft breweries that are popping up, uh, microbreweries that are popping up all over the city. So this, again, is just one of many incredible places that, you know, once we get on the, on the you know, outside of this COVID pandemic, you have to visit this place because again, it's, it's, uh, they have a, an amazing taste or tap room. Yeah. And, uh, in order to really fully enjoy a lot of these, the canned options are great. I don't, you know, I, I don't take anything away from, you know, the ability to distribute these to the mass, but something about getting a, a beer right out of the, the barrel that it's, you know, put into is pretty awesome. Oh, for sure. And, you know, the cool thing is they get like, like in like in New Belgium, for example, they get like food trucks that pull up and they like yep. actually just park right there so you can get food. And last time we were there, they had an empanadas truck, which was like a fusion empanadas truck where they fuse like you, Yeah, Asian. you and Rachel were telling oh me about that. Oh my God, it was so delicious. And I recommend anyone checking this place out. It's a really nice facility. It's clean. It's really cool. It's like that industrial look to it. It's an old building downtown Milwaukee. Really yep. neat place to check out. And uh, yeah, actually today we do have an interview coming up with Third Space Brewing, so uh, keep on listening. So we're here with Andy from Third Space Brewing Company. Andy, can you tell us a little bit about your brewery? Any new beers coming up? Any events or, you know, just anything going on? Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, So for those that don't know a lot about Third Space, we've been around for just under four years. We're turning four in September this year uh here in milwaukee um and uh we've been growing pretty rapidly over that time frame we were actually the 13th largest brewery in the state of wisconsin in 2019 which was pretty amazing i think there's over 190 maybe over 200 breweries now in the state which is pretty crazy so it's been a wild ride i mean we're mostly known for um you know hoppier beers like uh happy place midwest pale ale is our our best uh selling beer uh, you'll see that around quite a bit, but we also have a uh, uh, you know some rotating uh, seasonal IPAs and things like that. We've got, but we make other stuff too. We we've won a couple medals for our Unite the Clan Scottish Ale out at the Great American Beer Festival. So yeah, it's been a fun ride. But yeah, we're always coming out with new stuff, uh, fun things coming up. We've got a beer. We've been playing around a lot uh, with the Kvike yeast strain lately which is a Norwegian farmhouse yeast strain. And so we did a beer this uh, spring that was called Nordic Sunrise with that yeast. But we have another one coming out this summer, uh, which nobody knows about yet. We haven't announced it. You guys are getting the scoop here. Oh. Um, and that's a beer. It's another Kvike uh, IPA. It's actually a double IPA. It's like 8.3%, uh, but it doesn't really taste like it. It's really, really yummy beer. And it's called Fjord Explorer. So kind of a fun fun name we're playing with there cool. uh, in the Kvike strain so yeah and I was gonna ask you too um I know you guys have a lot of cool events coming up uh what's what's things looking like with COVID going on right now are you guys still kind of doing some things yeah I mean it's it's a challenging time right and we've had yeah. to really get creative and we've always tried to be creative with our events things like our like ice bear fest I don't know if you guys have checked that out in the winter we do a big like 80s themed opera ski party in the middle of January um so we're always getting creative but now we can't gather huge groups of people together so we have to be even uh even more unique with what we're doing so um every year we actually host uh, Wisconsin IPA fest at third space 
So that's usually the first weekend of August, and we invite pretty much every brewery in the state that wants to participate. And it's been an amazing event. We usually have like close to a thousand people come. We had fifty-one breweries last year, and everybody you know pours their favorite IPA, and people just come and drink hoppy beers and pick their favorites. And we do a judging competition, all that. So it's been a fun event, but we can't do that this year because of COVID. But we were not going to let the year slip by without doing ipa fest so we are doing it and you're getting a scoop on this one too guys we're about to announce this tomorrow so i don't know when you're going to air this but uh wisconsin ipa fest 2020 is going virtual and we are going to be it's going to be a smaller uh, group of breweries we have 12 breweries participating and people that uh, buy a ticket for the virtual festival which is going to take place on august 22nd will get a mix uh, 12 pack of unique limited release IPAs from all around the state of Wisconsin. Awesome. So we've got breweries like Central Waters is creating a brand new beer that's never been sold before for this. Uh, Eagle Park's got one of their brand new IPAs that's going to be a part of it. And um, yeah, a couple other fun ones. I'm not ready to announce all the breweries yet, but 12 breweries making these special IPAs for IPA Fest, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, so yeah, we, um, Andy, so what about the yoga? Is that going to come back? Yeah, I think we'll bring the yoga back at some point. I mean, that's been a really fun event, a popular event for us. We do that Sundays once a month. But right now we're not doing it because of COVID. Um, it just packs a few too many people inside our space, and it's a little too hot outside to be doing it outside Oh, right oh now. for sure. And I always joke because I'm, I'm not very flexible, but I always look forward to the beer afterwards. Yes. Oh, right? Earn that beer. <laughs> I it's try great. my best, but I look like a goof. Yeah. You, you can be a rookie as long as – you get that beer afterward. Exactly. Well, that's the best part about this yoga class is it's really a way to bring sort of novice people or beginners in. I mean, it's a pretty low level class, but um, it allows people that, you know, maybe not wouldn't otherwise go to that yoga studio um, to come on out and try it because you know you're going to earn that beer afterwards. Oh, for sure. And uh, what about the food trucks? You guys still have those come out once in a while? Uh, we haven't done any yet this summer since we reopened. You know, we're still all kind of trying to feel out this COVID situation. And, you know, we've reopened our tap room with tons of changes to really keep everybody safe. You know, you know, separated tables and barriers on our bar and contactless ordering and stuff like that. So we haven't quite gotten comfortable with food uh, elements yet. Uh, but I'm sure we will be bringing some out in the near future as we get those protocols all in place. Awesome. Thank you, Andy. And uh, before we let you go, we always have to ask our guest, uh, how Wisconsin are you? We have about nine, nine to 10 questions. We're going to ask you and see how you fare. All right, let's, let's hear it. All right. Have you ever tailgated at a Brewers, Packers, or Badgers game? All three, baby. What kind of question is that? I know. You got the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm sure you've made beer brats, but uh, what recommended beer do you use? Uh, I'm a big fan of our lighted up lager, uh, third space craft lager just came out in March and it is awesome with some, you know, sliced onions in that beer bath. Ooh, tastes great with your brats. So do you typically put them on the grill first just to get a nice little char and then boil them in? Or do you boil first and then go to the grill? No, I didn't know you guys were going to ask such controversial questions. (laughs) (laughs) This is a heated debate in the state of Wisconsin. It It is. It is. I have always been a pre-boil guy and a post-bath guy. And I, although I've been reading a lot lately about the suggestion of, of grilling first and then giving them the bath. So I might give that a try. I'm not one of those, like, I'll never change my ways. But I like to boil it 
uh, with some onions and a beer and a little bit of water, uh, in part because I just love that smell, right? It's that anticipation of what's coming when you when you boil those brats on the on the stove. It's awesome. And might I suggest also with your onions, because that's a must, with the beer, throw in a little bit of butter, like about a half a stick per about six brats. Just, just to, it, it just adds a little bit of creaminess to the whole thing. I love it. I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm going to have to make some brats tonight. You guys got me hungry already. There you go. Mouthwatering. <laughs> have you ever had a squeaky cheese curd? Of course, man. We even sell them at Third Space. Clock Shadow Creamery. Uh, awesome. Awesome. It's like Milwaukee's one creamery, right? One of the yeah. w- ones left over. It's one of the few that's left, yeah, in the city limits. It's pretty. It's a pretty awesome spot. I don't think they're doing tours right now, but it's really cool, the place to check out. All right. Have you ever hit a deer? I actually never hit a deer. I came really close once back when I was in high school. Uh, and I saw the deer get hit by the car next to me, Oof. but I have never hit one myself. You're lucky. Yeah, I, I, I know, right? I, I <laughs> hit. It's, it's rare. I've been lucky enough where I just hit the back end once. Yeah, I hit mm. one time. I hit two at the exact same time. There was two of them crossing. <laughs> I hit one in the in the back end, and I hit one in the face. Luckily, oh, both of them got up and ran away. So, so you did the whole family massacre. I did. I oh, tried. Yeah, right. I tried. I tried to murder I the whole family. Hit a bear once too. No way. Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, up in the north woods, <laughs> driving around, and this black bear ran right across the road. It was probably like twenty yards in front of us. And if we'd been a little further along, we'd oh him. man, that it's might crazy. be a future question. <laughs> if it, if it was a Bears fan, it wouldn't be a big deal. But yeah. an actual. <laughs> yeah. Was the bear right. was the bear wearing a uh, a, a Bears jersey as well? <laughs> Because yeah, then it's okay. Speed up. <laughs> hit him, hit him, and then back over him, too. That's right. <laughs> all right. I got to be careful, though. My wife's a Bears fan. So, oh, no way. Know. I'm sorry I, to hear that. <laughs> we all have one in the family. <laughs> right. How do you like your old fashioned? I like, I like my old fashioned press, actually. Okay. So, you know, you get a little sour, a little sweet. I don't like it overly sugary. And I know this is going to make me non-Scani. I love a brandy old-fashioned, but I actually really like mine with a little bit of rye instead of brandy. Okay. So don't that's, kick me out of this. But state, that's a fresh – I mean, that's honestly one of those takes that, again, with the brats, it's just kind of like a – it's controversial. There's a lot of people that like it with, with the rye instead of the brandy. I mean, it's it's debatable. Right, exactly. I mean, if you're drinking an old-fashioned, you're not doing it wrong. Right, right, exactly. That's I th- the case. I think officially it was labeled as a whiskey old fashioned. Was the first recipe, and then we it obviously was. were Wisconsin, so we, you know, blackberries grow everywhere. So the blackberry brandy became the uh, go-to. Right. Yeah, we changed it here. So, but I like them both ways. I mean, if I'm at a supper club somewhere, like a true supper club, I'm getting a brandy old fashioned. If I'm making it in my house, I'm probably drinking it with rye whiskey. And then, actually, to to move forward on that same topic. What's one of your favorite supper clubs? Ooh, that is a great question. That's man. a tough There's, one. It's a tough one, too, because I haven't been to one in a while. <laughs> right. COVID has kind of wrecked it for us all. But, uh, oh, there's this place now. I'm, now the name is escaping me. But um, in, like, the, around Lake Delavan area um, near Lake Geneva, that does the clap. Man, I got to remember the name of the spot, but I got a buddy who's got a place over there. We used to visit this place all the time. Great old fashions. And they got the relish tray up there, like amazing fish fry, prime rib on Sundays. Like, 
uh, that's you know if it's got all if it checks all those boxes, it's going to work for me. But uh, love a good supper club. Yeah, I think the one that you're thinking of is uh, right on Delavan Lake, and it's called I think it's just called the Delavan Lake Supper Club. I think you're right. I think um, you're exactly right. Yeah, Russ Great and I spot. are we're actually both from the Delavan area originally from uh, Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Oh, no kidding. Okay, yeah. Cool. So you've probably been there many times. Too. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a Friday classic. Oh, definitely. Oh, duck, nice. duck in. The duck in. Yeah. All yep. of them. So the next one is, uh, how do you like your bloody Mary and, uh, what, what mix do you usually use? Um, I like my bloody Mary spicy, um, and with a beer chaser, of course, usually a happy place. I think it's a perfect beer chaser for a bloody Mary. I agree. Um, but, uh, I'm actually not a big mix guy. I like to make my own. So I've got my own kind of recipe. So I'm a, I'm a strictly tomato juice. And then I've got my, you know, gotta have your horseradish. Um, I like adding a just a touch of like a one steak sauce to it, a little Dijon mustard, and then all your classic ingredients. Um, and a good amount of kick to it as well. And you can't skimp on the pepper. People often forget that. That's a key part. Yeah, I typically use uh, a little bit of A1, like you said, because that adds that almost smokiness to it. But yeah. then I, I always do a little bit of pickle juice and olive juice. And then, stay, same with you, I do the classic V8 to start. And then yeah. uh, my one little key ingredient is the, the jalapeno stuffed olive. To top it off, I like it. That sounds pretty good. And I do a lot of shakes of uh, Worcestershire sauce as well. Oh yeah, a lot. Worcestershire and then some good, get a good hot sauce. I don't typically use a Tabasco. I like, you know, like a like a good like Louisiana hot sauce, something like that, or um, even like a good Mexican hot sauce, believe it or not. Yeah, and actually in this episode we are drinking the uh, Happy Place beer, and uh, I can't wait to try it with a chaser. I'm gonna have to give that a shot. Yeah. It, it works really well. I think a hoppy beer, actually, believe it or not, like that, but not overly hopped and not too high ABV is perfect because it's hops just, just do a great job of sort of scrubbing your palate. And, you know, and, and when you get a spicy Bloody Mary, you kind of need something that's got some oomph to it, you know? Um, you know, everyone likes their little like high life bombers, but man, I want a beer with some nice flavor to it that's going to help, uh, you know, round out that drink. I agree with that. So we got one more question for you. Obviously, besides Third Space, um, is there another brewery tour you would recommend for people to go visit? Um, that's a great question. I mean, Lakefront's the classic, obviously, oh, yeah. in Milwaukee. You can't beat it. Um, I also had the, the uh, luxury of attending what's uh, advertised as Milwaukee's worst brewery tour. Do you guys know where that is? No, I'm I'm uh, dying to hear, though. It's, it's self-proclaimed by the owner of the brewery, and that is uh, Tim over at Black Husky. I've, I've been there, yeah. I, I haven't I haven't been to... <laughs> he calls it the worst brewery tour in Milwaukee. Maybe he's even claiming it in the state now. And it usually ends, if he's in a good mood, with uh, everybody shotgunning a hams. Oh, my Lanta, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you gotta go check out Tim's tour over at Black Husky. I love, I love Black Husky because I can bring my dogs inside. That's nice, yes. Yeah, we don't allow that at Third Space. We're a little bit... Um, we're a little stricter on, you know, dog hair in our beer. So yeah, we, <laughs> as you should be, them, but we don't let dogs in the, in the food production facility. But Andy, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can make our way out there soon and come visit you guys. Yeah. Come visit us. Let me know when you guys are in town. I'll, uh, you know, we'll put our masks on and I'll show you around. Sounds awesome. Good. We'll have, we'll have some canned koozies and some pins ready for you too. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. All right. You have a good one, Andy. 
You have a good one, guys. Cheers. All cheers. Right, cheers. Bye. Bye. All right. That concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, we recommend you subscribe via SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, leave us a review on any one of those above-mentioned sites, and we can read one at the end of every show. Follow us on social media, and feel free to reach out, especially if there is a piece of history or weird news you'd love us to share or research, as well as highlight some local artists or music. Our website is projectcapestudio.com. I'd also like to thank my friend and past co-worker, Steph Skibak, for providing us with awesome podcast cover art, as well as the Dangits for intro and outro music, and all of you for listening. As always, watch, watch out, out for deer, deer on, on the way, way home. home.